Welcome to the Deeper Faith Podcast. This is a podcast about faith-seeking understanding, about taking the relevance of the gospel to every aspect of life a little more serious than we have previously. It's about developing the taste and appetite for spiritual meat and taking every thought captive to Christ. It's about theology and about life and about disagreeing agreeably. It's about passing Christianity 101 and progressing to Christianity 201 and 301. My name is Eric Jones, and I'm joined by my co-host, Kevin Langrick. As you listen to our conversation today, we hope you grow a little bit in your love for and faithfulness to Jesus Christ. Enjoy. This is the Deeper Faith Podcast. And uh, I am Eric Jones, and I'm joined by Kevin Lenrick. There we go. Um, so this is um, episode two, clearly, and um, it's a coming on the heels about seven months later from episode one. Um, yeah, we've had we've had issues with Very with nice. this program, and I don't know. I don't know. It may be user error. It may be user error. I don't know, but uh, it hasn't. Yeah. That and life and living halfway across the country from each other has made it difficult to record a second episode. So um, we will we will either get better at figuring out how to communicate to line these things up and get them recorded faster, or there won't be a whole lot of episodes. That is fair too. I mean, some some of the best things in life don't have a whole lot of episodes. I'm thinking of the BBC's Sherlock. Um, I mean, four seasons, but good things have not watched. Oh, you have not watched that. Mm. Oh my goodness. Okay. Kevin, you have an assignment. You need to watch BBC Sherlock. But then after you do that, then you also have to have to sit through, um, not sit through. It is a pleasure. Um, but, uh, uh, it's another British show called Luther, which also does not have a whole lot of episodes. Five, five seasons, what? and I think there's nine episodes across five seasons. It's called you Luther. Called what? You cut out on my end. Oh, uh, wait. Luther. Sorry. Oh, Luther. 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 Idris Elba plays uh, John Luther. He's a kind of a rogue mm. cop a little bit, but it's 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 a phenomenal show. It is my favorite show of all time. So, um, but not a whole lot of episodes. I think there's nine episodes total across five seasons. Oh, so, snap. yeah, that- each each episode is almost like a, a movie. So, um, that makes sense. So, yeah, at least an hour. Some, yeah, I think in some instances they might be ninety-minute episodes. I can't remember exactly, but um, it's it's a phenomenal show. So, uh, Kevin's going to turn it into a pumpkin. I may, yep, <laughs> I, I may I may have to check that out one of these days. You're, you're going to have to. Um, <laughs> so, with that said, um, I guess. Luther could be a nice little segue into our topic today um, because, well, it'll, it'll become apparent to anybody who's ever watched Luther and then you'll see the connection between what we're talking about. But the, uh, the issue is the issue of trust. Um, you know, we're, we're a week out as, as of recording, we're a week out from, um, you know, Matt Chandler um, taking a leave of absence at Village Church. And all that is surrounding that and the speculation that has got Twitter going like Twitter does. And yeah. Uh, but 
I guess to raise the question or to raise the scenario. So an issue or a scenario like that, um, you and I were talking before about um, similar scenarios with with other churches um, being perhaps even uh, even deceptive in their practices and all of that. It raises the question: um, how 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 can we how can we trust? What is the role of trust in in our in our own spiritual development and our own spiritual growth? Um, who can we trust? Yeah. How do we, yeah. How do we know who we can trust? Yeah. How do we know who we can in, trust? In the, event, in the event that people do listen to this, uh, it's worth noting that um, we had already previously decided that we were going to talk about trust. We didn't. Um, this is not based on true the Matt Chandler situation at all. Eric is just using that as a, as an example um, of just one of those scenarios in our in our society that at least for some raises some question of like, well, we thought we could trust you. We thought, and, and now like, well, can we, can we really, what, what does this mean? And so, um, you know, we're not trying to create any further speculation or, or assume anything good, bad, ugly, or indifferent of, um, Matt or that situation by any Mm -hmm. means. It's merely just a, a reference to, the questions that, that many people have in society. And, and sometimes these are the kind of situations that, that add to that, even, even if they don't need to, sure. um, but, but yeah, Eric, you, you raise it a good point and a good question. Like who, who can we trust? How do we know what we can trust? And, you know, you and I were talking about this earlier kind of off air. Um, but I, I really feel like a good starting point is just like, thinking about the foundations of, of the faith and, and the church and who Jesus is and all, all those kind of things that like, um, you know, we're going to talk about who we can trust. We almost have to start with like what we're talking about in the first place or what are we choosing? Mm-hmm. What, what are we trying to figure out if we can trust? You know, it's one thing like I know you and I, you know, trust you as much as I trust you because of what I know about you. And that's, you know, that's fine. But when we're talking about our faith, um, you know, that's hopefully, hopefully more than just what do I trust based on what my pastor or teacher or parents told me. Um, hopefully it, it goes deeper than that to like, what is the topic that we're actually talking about and, and wh- what is the source of that and how much can we trust that? And obviously, you know, in a, in a, longer way than necessary. I'm referencing the Bible and, and, mm-hmm. you know, what, what does the Bible actually say? Cause you know, the bound, the Bible is, is the foundation of our faith. It's the, like what we do or don't believe has to first and foremost be based on what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. So it would raise that question like, okay, so if that's the case, do I trust it? Why do I trust it? Mm-hmm. How do I trust it? Who do I trust when I'm learning about it? Yeah. Well, I, I think, I think that's a great point about, um, we have to start with scripture, but I think even if, even if we rewind the clock back just a little bit before and, and before we ask the, the, the questions regarding is scripture trustworthy, we need to recognize that, um, cause you said something I think very important, um, when you're talking about, uh, you know, it, it can't be something that you, your uh, pastor or uh, 
um, your, your parents or friends have told you. It can't be merely that. You can't, it, you have to have some sort of personal investment in it. Mm-hmm. Your faith has to be your own. You have to have some sort of personal commitment to seeing it through, whether wherever it leads, wherever the question of the truth um, leads. You have to be personally committed to, to following that, um, to following the evidence wherever that goes. Um, and, you know, if, if scripture ends up being reliable and ends up being, spoiler alert, it is, but <laughs> um, <laughs> if it ends up, if, if, if it ends up being there, you need to follow that through and recognize, okay, because then, then it's going to make demands on you. Scripture is going to make demands of your life. Scripture is going to make demands of your allegiances and um, everything you think, say, and do. And um, we need to follow those through. Which, for the record, is true of any worldview mm-hmm. that we might have. Like, if if we're actually going to be consistent in the things that we say we believe, regardless of what that is, like, that worldview will have demands on us. You know, if, if you say that you're a secular humanist, like there are certain things that if you're actually going to be committed to that, you have to believe and live up to. Now, all kinds of people don't do that. And that's maybe a different conversation. And, and Christians are, are just as guilty of um, picking and choosing what, yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> hypocrisy often, but picking and choosing what they want to believe, which is hypocrisy in some cases it's heresy in some cases it's at the very least just disrespectful mm-hmm. um at certain at certain points um but on the flip side like some of why that happens is genuine real like struggles with hard issues and that's fine and that's part of what what we want to talk about here mm-hmm. and and part of it is just kind of ignorance of what, what the Bible actually says. And so that's, you know, maybe another thing that we keep exploring, but to your point, like um, if we're going to believe it and trust it, there are, like you said, there are certain demands and certain things that it's going to expect of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, that's not any different than any other worldview, at least not on a, not on a surface level. Sure. I do. I do think it is different when you start getting into the meat of it, but absolutely. We'll get there later. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so I guess a, a follow-up question to that is obviously you've got, um, you've got different people making different claims about what is Christianity. And you said that, um, we need to be clear about what it is that we're talking about. How do I, how do I, how do I evaluate those claims? How do I know that the God that uh, that the God my pastor is talking about, or the God that my parents told me about, um, is 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 the same, or or is it even if is it different from from the God of say um, the the Mormon Church, um, the LDS Church? Um, mm-hmm or the Roman Catholics, or uh, even even some more charismatic Pentecostals. I mean, where where is, we've got a continuum here. Where do we draw the lines, and how do we know where to draw the lines? What do you think? Right. Well, and, and of, of course, 
I guess your question sort of assumes that those who are listening are at least in the quote Christian mindset, because sure. obviously there's there you know Islam and Judaism and and Hinduism and and all these other mindsets and such that include the ideas of of God that you know people confuse all the time. So, um, and if we need to do an episode on that someday, then then sure. we can, but under the under the um, question as a quote Christian question um, and yeah is it the same or is it different I think um, there are a few different ways to do that and you know some people would just try to start out philosophically um, I think and go through like well what are the actual claims and just work through like does this, worldview say the same thing as this worldview and does this one say the same thing as this one at the most basic levels mm -hmm. and you know i think just in, in in very broad overarching tones um cherry picking the the ones that that you asked i think um you know like use mormonism for example like mm -hmm. if we really dive into um what what those two mindsets and worldviews are talking about, it, it turns out they're not saying the same thing and they don't believe the same thing. Now, again, that may be something that we have to explore on a deeper level later because somebody already is going to be like, whoa, 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 hold up. I'm a, I'm a Mormon and, and I believe in the same God that you do. Well, I, I, I would respectfully disagree. And there are a litany of, of reasons that I would um, argue that we we do not worship the same God, mm -hmm. um, but again, that that is going to have to be a conversation for another episode. But um, for the question that you asked, I think um, it all needs to and has to start with um, when we go to the texts, usually because generally the texts are the um, foundation for and the authority for. Um, what we're talking about and, and for like what we believe um, those are where we can compare and figure out like, does this idea and concept and worldview say the same thing as this one? Sure. At the, what's that? Yeah, sure. I, I was just agreeing. Yeah. Um, yeah. At, and at, at the most basic levels, of course. And so um, playing the Sesame street game, one of these things is not like the other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And so um I don't know if this is if this is where you're heading and what you're asking, but I know again we we talked offline earlier about um even just like I mean funny funny coincidence that I happen to have just read um in in a book for uh for a, a course that I'm taking of sorts. Um, read a book that, you know, it's all information I've had before, but um, read a book on um, how and why we can trust the the Bible for what it says and um, just kind of the different criteria that um, historians and theologians use as they evaluate, um, in this case, scripture, but more broadly, any kind of historical topic or um, uh, writing or artifact, like how how do 
how do historians and archaeologists and theologians and others look at those things and say, this is real, this is true, this is verifiable, this is trustworthy. Right. Um, and primarily, at least when it comes to uh, writings, the the kind of the primary like criteria for for gauging that is you know is quantity how how many artifacts do we have sure that that sort of verify the same information um second is is quality uh which is just like how how good and reliable are those manuscripts how consistent are they how uh you know how how much do they verify one another and verify the same information and then third uh, is kind of a, a time interval area or, or idea, um, which is just like how much time passed between the time that the event allegedly happened and when the um, document or artifact that we have was actually written. Yeah. I think, um, I think you're getting at it. Um, I want to, I, I want to go back. Uh, we, we, we should, we definitely need to talk about scripture and its reliability a little more, but I think it raises the question of, um, of authority first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Um, n- nobody knows anything or n- let me rephrase that. That was the cynic <laughs> in me. <laughs> Not nobody knows anything. Nobody knows everything. And therefore we all have blind spots in our, in our knowledge. So, um, no matter, no matter what you're going to believe something, you're going to have some sort of belief based on some external authority, some external source that you can't verify because you don't know. You just have to take it on, take it on faith for, for lack of a better way of putting it, um, you have to take it on faith that what you're being told is true. Um, I don't understand how my body works. I have to take it on faith that my doctor says, yeah, everything is fine. You're, you're functioning as, as you should be. Um, I don't, I don't know how my car engine works. I have to listen to the mechanic. Um, likewise, when it comes to God, Um, we don't have direct knowledge of God. Um, God mediates and has to reveal himself to us. And so in that sense, we are, we are dependent upon, um, we're dependent there. We need some sort of authority. Ultimately, God would be that authority for, um, uh, for leading us to, um, to accurate knowledge of himself. Um, but I, I guess the, the main point that I'm, I'm just trying to underscore here is that we can't avoid authority. If anybody doesn't want to, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to just take somebody's word for it. Great. Do all the investigation you can, but ultimately you're going to get to a point where you have to take somebody's word for something. And so, within the Christian worldview, within the Christian sort of narrative, where where the buck stops and where, you know, where we have to begin and where we have to 
have to end is with that concept of revelation and in particular special revelation um, and the Bible scripture. Yeah. And I suppose while we're kind of in that camp, I would also throw out just the recognition. And I sort of started to allude to this earlier as I was pointing out worldviews, but every worldview starts with certain assumptions. Mm hmm that that are unprovable not unproven but un, unprovable right um so you know christianity like you start with certain unprovable assumptions for example just like the existence of god not something we can prove there are there you know there's evidence that makes you know you and i and and millions of others billions of others lean towards the idea that a God or that God exists, whatever that means. I mean, that that's like, you know, 98% of humans in human history um, would, would land there on, on some level, like some form of God existing. Um, But anyway, so there's sort of that, that assumption, but even, even, um, you know, I was even just reading the other day about that same idea with like naturalists who who say everything that exists just like it exists on its own by nature, or whatever. Like they also ma- they make that assumption, and that is their beginning point assumption, and then everything they see after that is seen through that lens. Mm-hmm. Um, so <clears throat> that's just to say we all start with certain unprovable assumptions and that's kind of going, that's going to paint the picture of what we're talking about. Um, but where it you know, meets up with what you're, what, with what you're saying is, and what you said earlier is we then need to say, okay, here are my assumptions. Mm-hmm. Now do they fit? Do they make sense? Do like, can are I logically coherent? follow these? Are they coherent? Mm-hmm. Um, and again, <laughs> For many people, including many Christians, um, if they if people really evaluated all of the things that they believe, they would realize like, oh, that that this thing that I believe actually does not line up with this other thing that I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and even even very well-meaning, well-thought Christians, frankly, you and I probably still have some things in our worldview that if we really took a serious thought at, thought and and um, exploration at them, we would look and go, oh. You know what? I, I actually cannot believe this thing because I believe this other thing. Um, for yourself. Man. I'm just kidding. Yeah. And you know, but, but, but part of the goal and part of even what we're getting at is the the hope to explore and recognize those things more and more as time goes on, mm-hmm. um, as we take discussions like this more seriously. Um. But anywho, to to. Yeah, I've taken us on a bit of a rabbit trail and want to circle back to um, yeah. where where you started this question, um, which which was back on that, like the trustworthy question and the like, I don't know, let's just be real. Will you restate your question? You want me to restate? Okay. I'm sorry. I'm not. Uh, no, you're person. good. Uh, my question, um, my question was, uh, essentially what, what, and who can we trust? Um, oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, to put it very, 
very succinctly what and who can we trust because everybody seems to have you know you ask you ask 10 different people who god is and you're probably going to get at least 11 different answers and <laughs> everybody seems to have their own opinion none of us is none of us is apro- approaching this blindly without our own presuppositions without our own histories without our own context um and yet we have to try and square this we have to try and make sense of this. We have to try. Um, we're not that we have to, but we we are in a process of trying to to relate to God. We are in a process of trying to, um, um, yeah, to relate to Him, to to obey Him, to um, to love Him and serve Him. And we aren't all in agreement on what that looks like. So, yeah, what do we do? So, do so here's. Here, here's my, my first thought, and somebody out there may really push back and, and fight me on this, but it'll be me. My first thought, frankly, it might be, <laughs> frankly, is that that trustworthiness truly has to start with, at least from the, the Christian worldview. And, and so I, I'm kind of jumping ahead and making this assumption that, um, that, that, the person that I'm speaking to is the person who says I'm a Christian, or at least I want to be, and I'm, but I'm trying to understand more of, of what that means and, and how do I know and how do I trust? Mm-hmm. Um, and so in, in that camp, I think the answer to that question has to be what I actually personally know of the Bible for myself. Mm-hmm. And the reason that I put it that way is I, I make that distinction on purpose, but I want to be careful because we, we do not do this in a vacuum. We do not study scripture in, the, in a vacuum, and we do, do not get to um, just decide what it says based on what we want. So in that sense, we very much need community and scholars and pastors and friends and people who know the Bible better than us to help us walk through those things and explore those things. Mm-hmm. However, the reason I put it the way that I did is because if I'm going to say that I trust the Bible or I trust Jesus or I trust what it means to be a Christian, then I need to actually know what it is that I am saying that I believe based on my understanding of of the Bible itself. And so while I think all of those other things are important to hear from and learn from Mm -hmm. and get expertise from, I need to know that that's what the Bible actually says. Mm. And, and essentially the distinction I'm making is there have been even, there have been well-meaning pastors over the years who like they've gotten up and shared stories or biblical perspectives or what they were saying were biblical perspectives or ideas or stories or whatever, and said, this is what God says, or this is what I believe. And, and like unwittingly like shared a non-truth or a half-truth or or even sometimes it's just like they just accidentally misspoke or or somehow what they were saying got misconstrued. Um, so like I'm, I'm not trying to throw anybody under the bus, which is why I'm not using like a specific example. I'm just saying like it was me. Those, kind of mis- <laughs> those kind of mistakes have been made. And in, in some cases, like people just they hear that and they go, oh, well, my pastor said this or a book that I read said this, or 
like my friend told me this or like something along those lines mm-hmm. and they, they believe it because in their head, it came from somebody who was of authority mm-hmm. in their life. And again, those people are important and valuable, but we do need to be checking to, to see like, does what I'm hearing actually align with what the Bible actually says? It now, st- go ahead. It sounds like what you're saying is that you have different authorities, um, but they're not all equal. Sure. So yeah, your 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 best friend, your your mom, your dad, your pastor may very well be a a a reliable person generally believable if they tell you get they got in a car wreck they probably did <laughs> um it's not something they would yeah make up like you know them to be reliable however they're still subject to error they're still subject to yeah. um they're still yeah subject to error they're still they like us are also in that same situation where they don't know everything. And so they're taking something on somebody else's authority. Of course. Of course. And yeah. So I think that's, yeah, that's why if we're going to dive into this thing that we would call the Christian faith or the Christian worldview, mm-hmm. um, I think we, we need to be sure like, are we evaluating it based on the Bible? Uh-huh. I do think it would be appropriate, Eric, to back up just for a moment mm-hmm. to at least briefly cover and explore the the criteria that I brought up earlier. Because yeah, you know, we're saying all this like, well, does the Bible actually say that? Do I believe that? You know, what do I know about the Bible? Like, yes, you know, you and I are on that same page, but to the the doubting person or whatever, we, we have not really answered the question of like, well, but, but can I trust the Bible? Like, why am I, why am I going to that for authority sure. if I don't know if I can trust that? Yeah. So um, I think it would be worthwhile to just real briefly touch on, on that to at least set up like why, why, why we think, yeah. 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 Well, yeah. Why we chose that. And then why we think we can trust the Bible and that might even be kind of how we wrap up the episode before, you know, maybe we, maybe we revi- revisit going forward. Um, but I think that would be kind of a helpful place to, yeah, to point us is like, if, if we're talking about trust and trusting the Bible, like how do we know we can trust it? Yeah. And uh, I go ahead. Yeah. You gave, you gave three, three criteria for uh um for why the bible is trustworthy you said um like the proximity of the writings to the events you said the the quality of the of the events or the quality of the manuscripts rather um yep and then the the quantity of the manuscripts was the other was the other uh thing so i guess what what is it about why why does quantity of manuscripts why does that make it trustworthy what what is it that quantity contributes so quantity um, among other things but primarily quantity just says that here's how many people purported 
this thing to be true in, in a certain sense? Like how often and how many times did, did somebody say the same thing or a similar thing? Or, you know, if you go into a court and one witness gets up and, you know, the only evidence they have is one witness who says, I saw X, Y, and Z. Mm. People are going to go, okay, that's important. That's, you know, that means something, but like, did if the, the defense, yeah, if the defense then gets up and says, well, yeah, but their vision is actually terrible and we can demonstrate that. And, you know, they've been known to have memory lapses and, you know, all these other things. Then all of a sudden you're going, okay, well, that, that one person, like they said this and, and this is what they say they saw, but like, did they, is that really what they saw? Like, how, how do we know? But if the prosecution comes in and they say, look, Here's, you know, six different eyewitnesses that, you know, they're not going to say the exact same thing, but they say very, very similar, you know, corroborating stories on top of the physical evidence that they, they put in front of them and say, look, here's the, the weapon or the jacket or the, you know, whatever. The glove. Know, different pieces, the glove. I almost said the glove. <laughs> <laughs> that here are these pieces of physical evidence and here are these pieces of circumstantial evidence and here, like the more evidence that you put down, the more, um, the more the full picture comes into being, but also the more that you begin to trust like, okay, well, it's not just this one person who said this thing, but multiple people have, have said basically the same things, obviously from their perspective. So the words are going to come out differently, but they have said the same thing. Mm -hmm. So that's why quantity is important. Awesome. Um, well, how about, uh, how about proximity? I think that one's the easiest one. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So yeah. So that, that one was number three. Um, but we'll, we'll jump there and oh, yeah. anyhow. So yeah, the, the time interval, the proximity is just like how, how long between when something happened, did it then get reported? So, you know, you, you see this kind of stuff again in, in, court cases, but just like if something happens one night and the, the next morning the police are there taking questions, like it feels it feels like that's where they're going to get the most honesty, the most truth, the most vivid recollection of what happened. Mm -hmm. um, also, incidentally, probably the most eyewitnesses in most cases um, and the most even physical evidence, like fewer stuff has been washed away, but yeah. I digress. Um, but you're going to get the most reliable memory of what happened because of how quickly that happens versus, you know, you hear about cold case files where, you know, murder happened in 1972 and they're solving it today. But like for them to, to try to find witnesses who can speak to what happened in 1972, like how much do you trust that memory? You know, like, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a whole lot harder. And so same thing is true with ancient artifacts and, and writings that like the, the closer that writing is to when it, its event took place, the more reliable we can trust the words and the, the scenarios that are purported to have happened. Yeah. Well, um, as a, just to add to that, the, The closer something is to an event, it's it's also subject to 
to clarification. It's subject to it's it's sub, or not clarification. It's some it's subject to somebody contradicting that story, contradicting that. Mm-hmm. Like um, I'm thinking specifically in in the in the case of um, uh, the question of the resurrection. Um, the sooner after the sooner after the death of Jesus that his followers are claiming he re- he resurrected or he was resurrected the more likely it is that if that isn't true somebody can produce a body right i mean if somebody claims if if, if you and i claim that that jesus was resurrected today great nobody's going to produce a body because that was 2000 years ago nobody can right. prove us wrong in that regard whereas at the time it's theoretically possible to to prove these people wrong. It, well, yeah. So if if you died, mm-hmm. you know, in the next couple of days, and then a few days later, I say, "Hey, Eric was resurrected, rose again." That was me yeah. knocking on wood. Uh, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> um, we'll talk about that in some episode. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, you you die, and then I start claiming, "Hey, Eric rose from the dead." But Kelly your wife is like, uh, no, his, his body is still here in, in castle rock. Like I, I can show you right now. Like I can, I can stand over here and scream from Atlanta all I want that, that you've been resurrected and I saw you, but if she's like, no, like I'll show you a picture. I'll show you the video. You can come visit, but like, he's right video. here. How do you think I died? Well, no, I mean like video your body. Oh, okay morbid i know but for the sake of argument yes um but so yeah to your point like the the yeah the the sooner that is yeah it, it wasn't that the apostles waited years and years and years and then said hey let's start telling people that that jesus resurrected right like they did it you know on that third day they're like whoa hey well i guess the the women who found him started the the apostles were still a little dumbfounded and, and unsure they didn't they didn't true. believe quite yet that's true okay lastly uh it was the second one uh quality quality quality, quality. yeah um this this is more or less like when we look at the text do they actually like are they in good condition can they be read are they, do they say the same type of thing? Do they like, or are they all just like, it looks like it's the same thing, but it doesn't say the same thing at all. Like quality is, is a few different pieces. It's, a, it's like both easier and more difficult to make sense of, but it's just like, again, if you, if you go to the, the court case and, and you know, the, the person, like the only, the only witness that you are one of the witnesses you get to bring in is, you know, they're, you know, homeless guy who was like three blocks down the road from where it happened. And he says he was drunk at the time, but he clearly saw and heard, you know, this, that, and the other thing, like, you're going to listen to that. But like, you may not think like, ah, this is, this is good quality sure. um, versus, you know, the, the person who's like, I was there and you know, they explain it in cogent, clear, helpful words. And, and it's still, you know, it just, it, it makes sense. Like now that does not always mean everything, but it, it tells you something. Um, and so same, same thing here. Like when we look at manuscripts, 
for example, like how good of condition it, like, do they, um, however many we do have, do they line up together? Do they say the same thing? Um, those, those kinds of things. Hmm. Very good. Um, yeah. so we didn't, we didn't really talk about the Bible itself. We kind of got into how, how the, we got into the, the timepiece when it comes to the Bible. Yeah. Um, speaking of the resurrection, we did not cover the, how those criteria apply to the Bible sure. or the other two. Sure. Um, I guess an, another, it's a related topic. Um, it's, it's a re- related to the broader topic of authority. Um, but it's, it's the, uh, yeah, it, it's, 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 this is going to sound really weird in the, my stuttering. Um, but, um, the number of authorities, quote unquote, we mentioned like your, your parents, your, uh, pastor, all of these people are authorities. Um, then you've got by Bi- the Bible as an authority, um, mm-hmm. tradition, tradition. Yep. I was going to, I was going to put, uh, so I would, I would, I would put your pastor and parents and other Christians under the tradition mm. blanket. Um, you also have, especially when it comes to some of those criteria, um, the criteria of quality in particular, um, what that is, I mean, it's a, it's an appeal to reason there. You're making, you're making, um, you're making judgments based, based on whether something is, um, contradictory or not, whether it's, um, whether the pieces fit together, whether they, um, whether they actually, uh, whether, yeah, whether they contradict each other, whether, um, all of that, that, that's an appeal to reason. And then you've got the, um, you've also got the, the, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I struggle to say that it's an authority, but that's maybe my own theological convictions. But there are many within the broader Christian community that would view it as an authority. And that's probably where we come to a lot of different um, conclusions. But the uh, personal experience, mm what I've experienced, what somebody else has experienced. I mean, there, there are, there are, are traditions that highly prize that. And if you haven't experienced it, if you haven't experienced some sort of miracle, is your faith even real? That sort of, um, right. Thought there. Um, well, so, so, uh, there's, there's really four, four different authorities and like all of the, all of the, all of the differences that we have between um, between our different denominations, between our different traditions, comes down to how what we do with these four authorities, these four, you know, whether it be scripture, tradition, reason, experience, you know, what amount, what what level of trust we put into each of those, and in what order they are. So, the Roman Catholic would put. Um, would put tradition and scripture equal and then 
have reason and experience lesser, more Protestant, um, uh, Protestant traditions or expressions would have higher emphasis on scripture, lower emphasis on tradition, um, and the like. And then, and then even others would, would elevate reason to, uh, to the highest level and others, uh, experience. So, um, yeah, I, w- I was going to say, I was, I was thinking too, as you were sharing that there, there do exist some who, um, who definitely elevate the, the personal experience above the rest of them. And I guess I would just put special note on that, that, um, I think that's dangerous. And I know we live in the world where, where evangelical Christianity loves to talk about like, basically like, I know that it's true because I've experienced it, or I know that it's true because God changed my life and that's valid and true and legitimate. However, it is dangerous to put our experience at the top of what we say is true. Um, One, because let's just be real, no matter how much we may want it, you and I are not the center of the universe. And thus my experience is not actually the most important thing to happen on any given day. Um, But more importantly, like, I don't know about you. There are, there have been times for me when I have been absolutely convinced that somebody moved something of mine. You know, there's some piece of paper or book or computer or something that like, I know that it was, it was right there and you, you moved it. Like you had to have moved it. Somebody had to have moved it. You're the only other one who was here. You had to have moved it. And it might be minutes later. It might be hours later. It might be days later or longer, but like in some moment when I'm not looking for it, I come across that piece of paper or that book or whatever it may have been tucked Mm -hmm. away in my room or in a bag or wherever, somewhere other than where that was. And immediately I know, oh yeah, I put this here. Whoops. Yeah. Whoops. I put this here. (laughs) And, and point being just like what, what I believe about my experience is not actually always the most trustworthy. Um, Very true. And, and that's not even to mention just like the evaluation that we actually need to make of is what I believe that I'm experiencing. Like, does it actually line up with scripture? So like an easy one to point out, but a hard one to assess sometimes is, you know, people love to say something like the Holy spirit told me this or the Holy spirit spirit led me to do that. And I'm, I'm, I'm for that. And I think the spirit works in us and um, all these things. But there are times that somebody starts a sentence like that with me. And then the next thing that they say is something that is really kind of out there. And I really like, I stand there just thinking, huh, was, was that like, was that the spirit? Was that yourself or was that demonic? Like, 
and again, that's a conversation for a different episode some other day, but just like we, we should not be elevated above, um, above the other, um, the other criteria that you listed, like, you know, our experience, if it contradicts with reason, you know, if it doesn't make sense, then we've got to trust reason over what we think we believe. If our, if our experience contradicts with scripture, then it like, we better be. Then God didn't tell you. Right. Right. Like, like that. God did not tell you to cheat. Right. Right. Like like that, that's, (laughs) that's an, an issue that like we need to assess and evaluate and say, Oh, well, you know what? Scripture probably is, is a high, higher authority here. Um, and then even even tradition. Tradition is a, a little bit of a, a shakier and, and more bizarre one, but um, but by and large, I mean tradition has more tradition. Yep. It has more leverage. It has more weight. It has more, you know, it's been tried and true. Yeah. And so if what I'm if Christians have been saying something for two thousand years, mm-hmm. chances are that's true, authentic Christianity, mm-hmm. and not. Not the, not the, not the novelty or the, the, you know, if something, if something has been universally assented to, um, it's, it's not the, it's not the imposter, but if something is novel, yeah, usually now that doesn't mean we we're a hundred percent, it's a hundred percent reliable, but because the the church hasn't believed everything for the full right. 2000 and, years. And, and the church has had some things wrong, you know, easy, quick example, just to be my own devil's advocate is, you know, slavery in, in the, you know, 17th, 18th, 19th centuries. Um, not that it's gone because sure. it's still happening or it happened in the 20th and 21st, but um, mm-hmm. you know, all kinds of Christians supported and used scripture to, um, to support slavery for a long time. And, um, then you had guys like Wilbur, Wilberforce and some others who were like, uh, yo, this actually isn't right or biblical or true, but there's the point they, you know, they looked and said, what does the Bible actually say? And, and pushed back in that way. It wasn't just like, you know, I, I had this experience and I feel like we should, we should think about this. It's like, I've been convicted by the Holy spirit, but like, this is what the, like, the standards the Bible actually supports, and and that needs to be sure. the grounds that that we go to. Yeah. Well, Kevin, I think we have covered a lot. I'm hoping that the last ten minutes of our conversation did, in fact, get recorded. Let's hope so. so uh, but if not, then we'll uh, we'll try episode two <laughs> point zero three. That's right. <laughs> we'll try it again. Uh, yeah, we might just both have to be somewhere else. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? We'll see. But we'll see. We'll see if I yep. can trust the um, connection as much as I need to trust the Bible. Oh, no, no, no. Definitely not the same same kind of trust. <laughs> it is helpful to have trustworthy internet. Not the same kind of trust. Yeah, that's a different conversation. That is true. We're finding out that you don't currently have trustworthy internet is that a georgia thing or is that a location in georgia thing that's a, that's a satan thing is being at the is. house that you're that's at a satan thing because it's a what's a satan thing that's 
because that that is also because I, I was not having any of these issues, at least not in the capacity that I did tonight, and hopefully will not again. But as a, a, a friend, and um, you know, I, I have a friend who like he and I would talk and catch up and do accountability and all these kind of things with one another, one another over the phone for years. And, um, our joke that wasn't really a joke was always just that like Satan loves to mess with technology, but he doesn't care about technology whenever you're just talking about the mundane, you know, when we were just talking about, you know, this little thing that happened or the weather or sports or insignificant, whatever our service was always great. You know, we heard one another fine. Yeah. But inevitably, once we started talking about Jesus, once we started sharing struggles or sins or issues or any of those kind of things, once we started talking about real Jesus stuff, I mean, no joke, that is when it would start to break up. And we were like, well, there's Satan toying with technology again. Uh, yeah. So, again, future episodes. Future episodes. Yeah. Future episodes. Well, thank you for tuning in to the Deeper Faith Podcast. I have been Eric Jones, and this has been Kevin Langrick. And you can follow us on Twitter if we ever tweet <laughs> uh, at, at deeper underscore faith. Um, and feel free to visit the website at faithseekingunderstanding.org. Uh, and Leave us a comment, uh, like, share, all of that. Episode ideas. Um, what do you want to hear episode, about? Episode ideas. Yes, definitely. Send us episode ideas. Um, and uh, yeah, let us know what you thought. Let us know. We want to get better. We want to do We want to do this as a service to the broader church, to the broader world. Um, and uh, we want to be effective in that. And part of being effective is um, not just... Uh, talking in our own little echo chamber, but uh, talking about things that you guys care about. So, um, yeah. Anyway. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks.